Hi there, my name is Erica Browning, and I am blown away by all the places your nursing degree can take you. Here, we showcase basic nurses doing some really cool things. My goal is to bring to you ideas, options, and inspiration. Think of this as a fun conversation with a friend where you laugh a ton and leave feeling encouraged and empowered. That nursing degree you worked so hard for is just the beginning. I'm here to show you what is possible. This is the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. Hello, Rachel. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Well, before we start, let me introduce what I like to do is tell everyone what your role is, what you're doing now, and then we go all the way back. Okay. And then how did you get there? And then how we'll tell you can tell us how nurses can do what it is that you're doing and working in for a university and that sort of yeah. thing. So just so everyone knows, this is Rachel Potter. She is the assistant director of forensic nursing and continuing professional development for the Center of Excellence in Forensic Nursing at Texas AM. Yes. <laughs> Rachel. That's a lot of words. It is. It is. My business card. It's really long. Like it's a lot to fit in on there. (laughs) You have to show me your business card. I will. I will. (laughs) Well, and um, for the audience, you know, Rachel and I were joking before we started. We're like, you know what? I can promise you no one has heard of that job for nurses. Right. Absolutely. I didn't know it existed until I started. So. Right. That's the great thing about it. Okay. So before we, you tell us all about what you're doing now. How did it start? Where you're obviously in Texas now, but where are you from? I'm from Virginia. I'm from Blacksburg, Virginia. So Virginia Tech Hokies, that's where I grew up. Okay. Um, Yeah. I went to school at Radford University, which is right down the road from Virginia Tech and studied nursing there and got my bachelor's there. Okay. Is it, was there a reason, does Virginia Tech not have a nursing program? No, they have a school of medicine. Yeah, they have a school of medicine, but they didn't have nursing. Um, And I didn't really know I wanted to be a nurse until I actually did EMT clinical hours at a local hospital there. And I loved it and fell in love with it. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. How did you get introduced to nursing in general? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I had an opportunity to volunteer with a rescue squad um, in our community when I was in high school. And I got the opportunity to become an emergency medical technician, just like the basic level. And part of our requirements for that course were to do um, clinical work. And so I signed up to be in the ER there. And oh my goodness, I fell in love with nursing. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I actually got into um, Virginia Tech for psychology, but then I did my clinical hours and I was like, no, I need to be a nurse. Like this is my thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love to hear how people came to nursing, mostly because it's so varied. You know, you have some people who just love to take care of other people, and it's a very Florence Nightingale story. Mm -hmm. Some, like me, just need a steady job, and I knew that I would have that with nursing. And, of course, I like people, and I love science and that sort of thing. But, you know, it can be a little more practical sometimes, or it can be somewhere in the middle. So I'm so glad that you fell in love with it that way. Yeah, it was really awesome. I'm glad I did. So, yeah. Okay. So you go to Radford, mm-hmm. you get your BSN. Do you yeah. go on and get more education or not your thing? No way. Uh, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to start working now. So mm-hmm. I worked at a um, hospital in Salem, Virginia. So it was right down the road. I worked, I got hired right into the critical care unit. Um, I worked there for three years on night shift and I loved it, but it was definitely 
intensive. There was a big learning curve going from nursing school to actually practicing, which I know every nurse probably experiences. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I went straight into work. I, I was like, okay, this is good. This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be is be a nurse. And so I got to do that. Nice. I, you know, everyone's varied. Some go right from bachelor's to master's to DNP. Mm -hmm. Um, some are like, I never want to see a book again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And guess what? It's all acceptable within nursing. All of it. Yeah. I was the one that was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Like nursing school fried my brain. I was like, I'm done with school. Thank you very much. That's it. Yeah. I've had enough. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. So you worked in critical care for three years uh-huh. and then how did you get into forensic nursing? Yeah. So I had an opportunity to work at a hospital that was closer to home. We had our son and then um, I got pregnant with my daughter. So I took a job at the local hospital there in the emergency department. Uh, I did night shift, PRN, part-time. It was awesome. I loved ER. I, was, uh, I knew that was where I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got to the point I did it for five years. I was not burnt out, but kind of like, I need a change. Um, I was, you know, and I get it. Patients were coming in at three in the morning for like a cold and I'm in there like trudging through with strep throat. And I'm like, okay, something's got to give. So there was an opening. One of my best friends, Amy showed it to me for a forensic nurse. And I was like, what is this? Like I'd never heard of it before. Um, So I interviewed and I got the position and I'm so glad I did. It was amazing. Wow. So remind me, you graduated nursing school what year? Mm -hmm. I graduated in 2008. Okay. So you've been a nurse for a long time. And then you went to the ICU, went to the ER. And Mm then um, what year did you get into forensic nursing? That was in late 2015 when I started forensic nursing. Yeah. And I did that for about five years, five, six years. Okay. Was that a full-time or was it part-time in addition to your ER? So we were really lucky. It varies throughout the United States and everywhere, but our program, our hospital knew that it was a need in the community. So we were really lucky to have a full-time staff of five to six forensic nurses that would rotate taking call. Um, And so we were available 24-7, weekends, nights, holidays, whenever. So if somebody came in and needed forensic services, they would call us. Okay. I I don't know if you've there are other episodes. I don't know if you heard the one with Sarah Jennings. Yes, I know Sarah. You She's do? Awesome. Oh, yes. I actually yes. got to see her. She actually works um, as a telesane at Texas A&M. Um, okay. And we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But I ran into her the other day and I was like, Sarah, this makes me so happy to see you. She's oh, awesome. That's so great. Well, she's yeah. an example, at least that I know of, where she worked at another hospital-based forensics program. And for our audience, maybe you haven't heard previous episodes, but forensic nursing programs can come, can be organized in a couple of ways. You can have a program that is organized at a hospital where you as the forensic nurse works for the hospital and you provide services that come to you, or your area can have a nonprofit that provides those services. And then they contract with uh, local hospitals. And um, it's kind of organized in a similar way, but they just don't work for the hospital. Right. And they're funded by grants and uh, that sort of thing through a nonprofit. So it just depends on where you are and where you work and that sort of thing. Okay. So you did hospital-based forensic nursing. Uh And how long did you do that there? For about five to six years, full-time. Okay. Uh, I absolutely loved it. It, it reminded me 
um, forensic nursing reminded me of what I went into nursing to do because Mm -hmm. you get that one-on-one patient care. You get to spend lots of time with your patient. So it's not like ER treat and street, right? Like come in, we'll fix you. You either get admitted or you go home. This one was problem solving, working with people one-on-one, coming up with game plans, taking care of them. And it was really like, this is what, what nursing is supposed to be. Yeah. I know that as, cause I did the same thing. I was an ER nurse and then that's mm-hmm. being in the ER is where I saw forensic nurses doing their thing. Yeah. But the care is much different and that the ER you're like quick, quick patch, patch, move you mm-hmm. out or up to somewhere else, yeah. but you're not <laughs> staying here with forensic nursing, you know, and as ER nurses, we don't so much, I mean, we discharge patients, but we don't get heavily involved in what happens after discharge. So that's just right. not the way it works, as you know. But in forensic nursing, it's your job to mm-hmm. not only do your head-to-toe assessment and treat the patient, but make sure that they have services, make sure they know where to go and that yes. sort of thing. So oh, yeah. that must have been very rewarding. It was. There were hard times too, but it's really it was really rewarding. Um, you got to make a, a lot of good relationships with community partners too. Um, so I worked closely with the universities, providing education answering questions because we were available by phone 24 seven. So if yeah. they even had questions about, you know, do I even need to send this person in to see you? You could answer those questions on the phone. So we were like a great resource for people. Let's fast forward. How did you get to where you are now? Yeah. So one of my good friends and coworkers at, um, in Virginia, her name's AJ. <clears throat> she was ready to move on to something bigger and better. That's just AJ's mentality. And so she applied for a job as a program manager at the Center of Excellence in Forensic Nursing at Texas A&M, and she sent me a job listing for the continuing education position, and she's like, I know your family's based in Virginia, but give it a shot, like, because I told her I really love educating people. I like the outreach portion of it, yeah. and so I applied and got the job, and so we moved our family from Virginia to Texas. We, wow. we, we didn't even visit Texas. We just packed up and left. (laughs) That's that's bold. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's like the boldest thing I've ever done. Like I've never been far from home. I lived near where I grew up, but I was like, I can't let this opportunity go. Like it's just, it was so different and so new that I just had to give it a shot. So, yeah. So when was this, what year was this? Yeah, this was, I started in January of 2022. Okay. So almost a year and a half now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So explain to us, because we've, I'll say the long title again, you're the (laughs) assistant director of forensic nursing in the continuing professional development arena for the center of excellence in forensic nursing at Texas A&M. So let's take that bite by bite here. What is, (laughs) what exactly does the center of excellence in forensic nursing do at A&M? What is it? So we have an awesome program at Texas A&M University, um, and it is HRSA funded. So the Health um, Resource Services Administration, they help fund um, some of the things that we do. So our job in the Center of Excellence is to help provide education at minimal cost for nurses in Texas and throughout the United States that want to become forensic nurses because there's such a need for forensic nurses. Um, and so we help provide that basic education that they need to go out and take on the roles of forensic nurses or SANE, sexual assault nurse examiners, throughout Texas. 
Okay. And are you at all affiliated with the International Association Association of Forensic Nurses? So, so we, um, we're not affiliated with them, but we work closely with them. We also cl- work closely with the Academy of Forensic Nursing, um, the Academy of Forensic Sciences. So we work closely with a lot of different entities to make sure that the education we provide is on par with what the national standards are. Okay. And then how do you provide this education? Do you have nurses come to you? Do you travel? What does it look like? So we're really lucky is that we have online learning um, that we have started for adult and adolescent program and for a pediatric program. And they're both 40 hour online courses. Um, They're through our learning management system. So learners can log on and they get sent books for the courses and they follow along and will participate in the course and they're awarded their certificate of um, completion after they've done the 40 hour course. And then we also hold um, simulations and that's my favorite part. So learners will come to us in um, Bryan College Station and we get to use some um, teaching associates. So patients, people that portray patients that have specific medical conditions or medical needs. Um, and we get to train our learners on um, these teaching associates bodies, which is really awesome. So you get to learn how to do the medical forensic exam, how to use trauma informed language with people that are portraying patients, but not real patients. So you can make those mess ups and those mistakes and be like, whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that was I, and you're right, let's continue. So yeah. And there, I love, um, I think Sarah, speaking of Sarah, I think that was her Mm -hmm. favorite part as well were these in person, clinical trainings, because that's where the knowledge that you've put into your brain is actually applied. And it, you know, the first time around, it's always applied messily. (laughs) (laughs) Mistakes to be made, you know. Yes, yes, absolutely. Gosh. Okay. So as the assistant director of this program, what does a typical day look like for you? Oh, well, there's really no typical day. There's lots of things to do. So in the continuing education realm, what I've learned taking on this role, there's lots of things that we have to do in order to even provide the education. It has to meet specific standards. Um, And so each college or university works with a different um, department or a different program, international program for continuing education. So that ensures that what we're putting out is evidence-based, um, we're using up-to-date information, journal journal articles, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of paperwork that's involved to even get classes and simulations off the ground. And then once that happens, we can, you know, advertise these courses and classes to nurses. So a lot of that is what happens in my day. Um, if we're running a simulation, that's like a 12-hour day because we get there really early in the morning and yeah. go until 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. Um, So that takes a lot of our time. Um, I'm also working, you know, with my program uh, manager. So Antoinette, AJ, the one I was talking about that came from Virginia. Um, We have an awesome instructional designer that helps with our courses. So we're really, there's no like normal day. There's just lots of different things happening at one time. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So do you all fall under the school of nursing or this is under the continuing education? Yeah. So we fall under the School of Nursing. So we're housed in the School of Nursing, but we work closely with other faculty and staff throughout the School of Nursing. Um, So the continuing education piece, I work with somebody that works in the School of Nursing. Um, We also work with, you know, where we hold our simulations. That's in, you know, the Health Science Center that 
and they work with School of Medicine, School of Nursing. Um, so there's lots of different people at play to make these things happen. Okay. So I, questions for you. It's kind of a two-parter. What would be your advice for a nurse who's maybe listening to this and they're not already in forensic nursing and they want to get into forensic nursing? And then two, second part would be if they're already a forensic nurse and they're like, you know what, I want to get into education. I want to work for a university. I want to do something like what she's doing. What advice would you give them? So we'll back up. Okay. For the first one, I've asked many forensic nurses this, but you know, repetition is key. It takes someone 10 times to hear something before, you know, they're like, oh, okay, light bulb. So if someone's interested in forensic nursing, what is your Mm -hmm. advice to them? So definitely see if there are programs out there near you, whether it be hospital-based, clinic-based, whatever it is. See if there's opportunities for employment with them. Um, Like you had mentioned, some places, you know, you can work PRN. So maybe one shift every other week, you know, so if you don't want to dive in headfirst and do just forensics, maybe you can work, you know, in the ER or wherever you're working and add in forensics. Um, if you want to, you can go to the International Association of Forensic Nurses. Their website has lots of information. Um, mm-hmm. Our website too, the Center of Excellence in Forensic Nursing. Um, we have, again, our classes are um, minimal cost because we help, we have that HRSA grant to help offset the cost. But um, just even learning more about it and seeing if it's something you're even interested in. Um, I would just pick people's brains and be like, tell me more about it. Because <laughs> at our hospital, the forensic nurses would wear purple scrubs. So they would wear scrubs that were different from, you know, the blue that everyone else had to wear. So I'd, I'd always see somebody and be like, what are you doing? Tell me about it. Like, <laughs> tell me more about this. Because you hear forensic nursing and you're like, um, so like CSI. And I'm like, no, not even close. I mean, yeah. it's cool, but definitely not CSI. We're not going to solve this in an hour. Like, yeah, no, no hours. Um, (laughs) I love that you said that, you know, to just go ask someone. So if you're in the ER and you see a nurse and they happen to all be in the same scrubs or, you know, you know what they're doing. I can't tell you I've done many interviews now. Mm -hmm. And the number one theme is that you, the nurse have to open your mouth and go ask, go ask, ask, ask ask. And if someone doesn't know, then they'll point you to someone they do that does. And if that person wasn't really helpful, keep asking, you'll find someone who will help you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'll find someone and just go out and you don't even, you know, just take the class, like take the, the 40 hour class, which is the adult and adolescent class. The first one that you would take and just see like, is this something I'm interested in? Is it something I want to take? Um, a lot of places where, where I was employed, um, the hospital paid for my training to become a forensic nurse. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, depending on what your hospital does, if that's available or not, again, ask questions, see what's out there, see what books you can read, learn more about it. That's the biggest thing. So here's a question. If it's Mm -hmm. just a random nurse who's like, all right, I don't really know where to start, but I kind of would like to take a course. Can they come to your website and just take your course or do they have to be associated with A&M? No, you don't have to be associated with A&M. Um, you don't even have to reside in Texas. Now, of course, if you're utilizing the grant that we have, because the grant is for rural and underserved areas in Texas, that would apply. Um, okay. But other courses might cost more if you're not from Texas, right? Okay. Um, but again, you don't you don't have to you know be in Texas to take one of our courses. Um, you can reside wherever. It's online. Um, so we do have that opportunity available for any nurse and I'll definitely share that with you. 
Okay. And then the second part, let's mm-hmm. say we've got some forensic nurses here, which I know that we do. And they're like, yeah. all right, I've done the bedside portion of the right. forensic nursing and I would like to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Sarah offered a suggestion, you know, working for IAFN and how to get involved yeah. there. How would someone do what you're doing for a university? Yeah. So I think, again, it's asking those questions and searching and seeing what you can find. Um, again, I feel like I'm really lucky that the that Texas A&M sees the need in the community for more forensic nurses, and they want to assist with that, and we get to do that through the university. Um, but again, just seeing what there is out there, and even if it's not maybe um, specifically forensic nursing, right? Like maybe you want to teach, but maybe it could be uh, critical care because again, forensic nursing, a lot of them are housed in emergency departments because it is critical care. We're seeing somebody right, you know, acutely after an assault. Um, So there might be opportunities to teach and kind of sprinkle in the little bits of forensic nursing and intimate partner violence and kind of what we need to talk about and bring to the forefront, forefront of nursing. Okay. I think it's so exciting that all of these, because I didn't know anything about forensic nursing when I started and I was in the ER and I saw these nurses and there was a cart and there was, Mm -hmm. they were wearing caps and I'm like, well, what are they doing? And then the whole room was like blocked off. Yeah. And you just ask a question because a lot of our ER nurses, the program at the time um, in DC, they didn't have full-time. It was just per diem. Now yeah. they've got full-time staff, but they didn't back then. And so a lot of the ER nurses who worked in that ER would do the forensic nursing PRN. And so you're like, just like you said, Hey, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, I want to do it. And then right. they send you to a website and then you keep asking and then off you go. Yeah. And then at the time, even then I thought forensic nursing, the breadth of the specialty of forensic nursing ended there. Oh, oh no. it doesn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it that goes was, on and on. It goes on and on and on. You can work for the International Association for Forensic Nursing. You can work for universities. You can work for the uh, Center of Excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually have a, a a friend who works for Indian Health Services. Yes. Who um, mm-hmm. they're starting up forensic programs. Yes. So just keep your eye out. Get in. Get started. And then. All of these opportunities come up and things that you just never even heard about. You're so, right. Rachel, where would we find more information about you and your yeah. program? So I can send you the website, but if you just go to, cent- I believe it's Center of Excellence in Forensic Nursing. Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I don't want to tell you the wrong address because that would be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. So if you do forensic-nursing.tamu.edu. Okay. And that's our website. And you can okay. click around through there and see all the things that we offer in the Center of Excellence. Um, and it's a great resource, too, for practicing forensic nurses. So maybe you are a forensic nurse and you're practicing, but maybe you work at a hospital where, gosh, you might see two or three patients a year, right? Like your skill level, again, it's just like starting an IV. Like you got to keep doing it, keep doing it. And if you don't have an opportunity to do that, where are you going to get that opportunity. And so we've had nurses from all over the United States. So Virginia, New York, I think Minnesota, just come to our training, our simulations to get that hands-on learning and that refresher um, because you get lots of practice there and you get to do a start to finish forensic exam. You get to do um, like about three or four of them. And Mm -hmm. so you will kind of get in that mentality of like, okay, like kind of 
keep practicing, keep going. So it's a great opportunity for practicing Mm -hmm. nurses too. Yeah. It could be a little unsettling where let's say you go, your hospital has a program, you go through the program and you're on orientation, but then the patients don't come in and maybe it's a while before they come in Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, well, I need some help. (laughs) I need some refreshing. Yes. Especially in forensic nursing. Um, there's no, no two cases are the same. Um, we would have a group text with our forensic nurses at our hospital in Virginia. And some of the stuff we would be like, what is happening? What am I supposed to do with this? Because you know, it was going to happen at 3am on a Saturday when you were down resources, down people. And you're like, what is happening? Um, so there, there's never, you can never really be prepared for whatever is going to come through the door. Um, but having more practice under your belt, I think can kind of boost your confidence and let you know, like you're going to provide really good care for these patients. Absolutely. Well, I, in the show notes, um, and on Instagram, but on the show notes, um, I'll put the actual website. So if you're listening to this and you want more information on what they're doing, just go to the show notes and click below. And Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Erica, I appreciate it. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Black Sheep Nurse podcast. If you want more, head on over to blacksheepnurse.com for show notes and resources from today's episode. You can also join our email list and the website and have the link to weekly notes delivered directly to your inbox. And if you're looking for more everyday fun and community, join us on Instagram at Black Sheep Nurse.